0: for The Media By Us. My name is Brent, and I'm here today with Chris. Hello. David. Hello. And TJ. Yo. And uh, we're going to be discussing our homework from last week, uh, which is a Talk of Fame nomination from TJ. 2009's Away We Go, directed by Sam Mendes.
1: And (coughs) away we go.
0: Yeah, so...
2: um... I'm a huge fan of this movie, and kind of a I wouldn't say an outlier. It's not like seen as a bad or even average movie, but <clears throat> big fan of it. It's like a top five movie for me uh, this century. Uh, really loved it. Want to see what y'all thought? I'll run through the plot, I guess, and then we'll get some some feelings. Um, Bert and Verona, played by John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph, are <clears throat> pregnant. They live in like kind of Podunk, Colorado, like outside of Denver. Uh, the reason they live there is because that's where John Krasinski lives. My Rudolph's parents are long deceased due to an accident when she was a kid. And uh, they're there. They're about to have a baby when John Krasinski's, Bert's parents, played by Jeff Daniels and Catherine O'Hara, <laughs> in a hilarious, I won't say cameo because pretty much everybody would have a cameo, but mm-hmm. in very supporting roles. Besides, they're moving to Antwerp, selling their house, and... Bert and Verona realize that's the only reason they lived where they lived. Bert can do his work anywhere. He's a insurance salesman that works insurance mobily. Insurance Futures. Insurance Futures. <laughs> um, he works mobily, and Verona does artwork for, like, science textbooks. Um, she can also work anywhere. So they decided to travel the country to see their old friends and figure out where they want to live. And that involves going to Phoenix to see Verona's sister, uh, That's Tucson. Tucson. Then Phoenix to see Verona's old boss, played by Allison Janney, and her husband, played by Jim Gaffigan, and their kids. They go to Toronto to see, well, no. Next they go to Madison mm-hmm. to see Burt's childhood friend, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Go to Toronto to see friends from college. Montreal. Montreal. Played by, uh, oh, what's her name? It's the girl from the first season of Fargo.
1: Melanie Linsky? Mm-hmm. I don't think she's in Fargo.
2: That's not, that's a different person. Yeah. yeah she was in the movie we watched for homework. I forget the name of the movie because it's a not I don't, want, I don't feel at so home in
1: this world anymore. Yes. Say, yeah.
2: And, uh, then they end up going to Miami to see Bert's brother, who's uh, just been left by his wife. And uh Mark Brandanowitz, yeah, yeah, Mark Brandanowitz. And spoilers, as always in talk fan episodes, they end up going to and deciding to stay at Verona's childhood home uh, on the panhandle of Florida. And a very good ending, I thought. So I think the movie's great. I think the dialogue's great. I think the supporting actors are fucking incredible throughout yeah. the whole movie. And <clears throat> uh, but but mainly a huge fan of the dialogue and the jokes are really really funny and. Like think Sam Mendes hit it out of the park with this one. What do you guys think? I liked it.
3: I watched this. I didn't. I didn't rewatch recently, um, but I watched it when I was on a vacation with my uh, partner's family. Uh, I was stuck in the in the room doing work and had this on, and was just like glued to the screen. Um, I'd, I'd seen bits and pieces of it before, like I'd seen the Maggie Gyllenhaal scene before. Mm-hmm. That whole like eruption at the dinner table, um, and it is this seems like a movie that people who are uncomfortable by awkward scenes would hate. <laughs> Um, because that's kind of what it is is it's a collection of those yeah well the first yeah the first few visits are I guess yeah is it's as as uh characterized as Bert farlander <laughs> and uh and Verona are um those are the people you're supposed to relate to in this kind of carousel of like wacky parenting and living situations um mostly just parenting um from his parents on so it's it's tough
0: to watch at times, but it's uh, it's, it's really cute in the end. Mm-hmm. No you, Brent. This is the first time I'd ever seen it. I think I was alone in that regard. Uh, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. There were some... I think it's a movie that would probably lend itself to more watches. Like, uh, there were some uh, jokes that I caught that I thought were pretty funny. Um, I could see it being the kind of movie that would become well I don't know uh, different I don't know if I would like it more necessarily but I might like it I could see myself it being the type of movie where I could like it more if I saw it more
2: uh,
0: or less maybe the characters would get on my nerves if I saw it more who knows I could see either being the case but um,
1: really covered your bases there <laughs> well, well I'm just saying I
0: think there are movies though where it's like you watch it once and you just like oh I, I know how I will, I will always feel about this movie mm-hmm. It's not like a face-off that
3: like gets, you know, gets better after every watch, <laughs> right?
0: That's sometimes worse That's sometimes better. <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, I liked it. I, I uh, call back. I liked the, uh, I liked the, uh, um, the performances throughout the movie. I thought were really good, uh, in uh, especially the ones in, in small scenes. Yeah. Um, I thought Melanie Linsky was fantastic in this movie. was so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a it's a it's a light kind of a bouncy. I uh, it well, it might be the wrong word, but I, I like the way it, it it paces itself. The movie keeps keeps moving,
1: fleet of foot mm-hmm. kind
0: of. Yeah, it fits the title. Mhm.
2: Well, you do, and I mean, you both own copies. Yeah,
1: I think we. I think I know you love it. It's something that I really like. Yeah. I've seen it a bunch of times. I own it on DVD. It has, it's been a while since I watched it. I think this is a uh, for me a big. Uh, I think that it's more than the sum of its parts type of movie. Um, you have kind of the wacky menagerie of characters that are kind of like you know. Look at these schmucks. Aren't our main characters better than these doofs? Yeah. But uh, as a collection and the whole like experience at the end, I think it's uh, moving in parts. I think it's very funny, and you kind of, at least for me, I won't say in general, i kind of falling in love with the the couple a lot. Yeah, they're very human, and the fights they have are like the just future fights against the world and future problems they could have. Their marriage is never like in question. No one ever has you know infidelity issues. They they start super in love, and they end that way too kind of refreshing that that they have that arc.
0: I agree. I, 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 that was one of my favorite things about it, was just their relationship and being concrete and we didn't have to go through some period of the movie where that was being questioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never never there. Like, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the as you
2: get is a conversation at the diner in Montreal. Like, and that's so far from that,
3: you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like <clears throat> that like and then the the fight about what John Krzynski wants to do with his life in this job, they have like that
2: little spat at the beginning, yeah, yeah, and
1: we have the 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 scene which I also like a lot is like the uh the scene of of doubts and being assuaged when they're on the trampoline being in Miami, just kind of like it solidifies like it's it's them against the world, which is very uh very reminiscent of real life. Especially when you're having a baby, it's like there's so much shit out there. I think the movie does a good job of that of different parenting styles, different uh, struggles you're going to go through, and you just you calcify into this unit against the world. I think the movie does that very well. Yeah. Speaking from experience, because I got a little one. You got a baby. I do. Congratulations, buddy. Thanks.
0: <laughs> it also came out at a certain time when you know, like I, I feel like a lot of the quote-unquote smarter. Romantic comedy movies coming out were apato movies, Mm. and they were typically about like they weren't really framed in that way. It wasn't like the two of us against it's. It was it was how can the the bumbling how could they make it work the overgrown adolescent finally accept his adulthood, and Mm. this was more about how can these two adults you know. Become parents
1: What I like a lot is You touched on something very uh, I think Smart In that the Aptow <laughs> stuff is the Arrested oh, Development things <laughs> But looking at like the the female lead in those movies Is always like a stick in the mud until the very end Where it's right. like okay I'll grow up yeah. Whereas the beginning it's like they both uh, I hate using the word verb. The word uh, Adult as a verb uh, Which I, I won't <laughs> But they they're like, how can we not be adults yet? We're in our thirties and we're having a kid. Like their house is kind of a mess, their life they don't really have figured out, but it's both of them together are kind of have this arrested development. Bert is more obviously wacky, but Verona is also kind of unmoored. Yeah.
0: Mhm. And she has her thing. She like she it's made very clear and obvious in the beginning when uh that she is not interested in dealing with the, the death of her parents and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to stay away from that and whatnot. And so, yeah, I think she, is her, she has her own arrested development in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I think his is more comical and yeah. more of a, I guess, surface level, like what we would expect.
1: Yeah, it's like armchair psychology. It's like you, you're stunted when you experience your trauma her trauma with her parents died when she was 21, 22, and she's kind of still in her early 20s for how she like her her life is. Versus, I guess, uh, Bert is kind of stunted in just that he's kind of in the, well, just my opinion, he's kind of in the shadow of his dad. He's very clearly like a, like a, a clone of his dad. They look the same and they talk the same. Yeah.
3: They have I the realized... same body language when when, uh, <clears throat> Uh Catherine O'Hara's head is on uh, Maya Rudolph's stomach. And, she, and Catherine O'Hara starts telling the story about, the, about giving birth to uh, Krasinski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they both like put their head in their hands. And they both uh, like,
1: oh. And something I catched I don't think I ever caught before because I was listening with captions is when they go over to uh, um, Catherine O'Hara and Jeff Daniels' house, you can hear that Jeff Daniels is on a business call and he's in the background saying, it's like, if you think that, I got a piece of land. Nah, in your, yeah, I yeah. got a bridge in... Uh, got a swamp in Florida. Boy. Yeah. You, got you might be interested Bro- in... I got a bridge in Brooklyn. Bridge in Brooklyn oh, you might be list. interested in. Yeah. It's like the exact same kind of take of... That
2: uh, he had just said.
1: Yeah. yeah Brent, or not Brent, Burt fashioned himself kind of after his dad as like, that's what an adult looks like. Early his adult, his uh, dad's kind of a goof.
3: Yeah. I love when when they handed the the envelope of and Jeff Daniels just starts going, fantastic! They're beautiful, exceptional. He's like, you haven't even
2: opened them yet.
0: <laughs> uh, they just, they just, I know they will be. I know they will be.
2: <laughs> He tells Verna she looks beatific. <laughs> yeah, because he can't
1: just use the word beautiful, right? I know we'll probably talk about it later, but man, Jeff Daniels was like you know uh, his his per rating, where it's like his points <laughs> points with limited screen times is like off the charts. Yeah. him talking about the uh, the fertility statue. Yeah, like with the indigenous people, the ingenious people, the in- indigentious. People. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid, but it's it it cracked me up.
2: I laughed really hard um, the first time I watched it, and I always get excited to watch it so I can see this joke, and it's before the opening credits, but it's uh, Verona saying, I thought we agreed you wouldn't use the bird cofactor anymore, and Bert <laughs> says, no, we said I wouldn't miss you. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's
0: really good, but you got the gauntlet up? going to yeah. run, run it? Yeah, let's, the,
1: let's... More things that we want to talk about, we could tie to that gauntlet. Yeah.
0: All right, the first is sort of a broad one that was was it entertaining, and I think we've kind of hit on this already. Um, so it's a resounding no. Any uh, <laughs> any kind of emotional response? I feel like this movie might be the kind of
2: I mean, I, I think I teared up the first time during Oh Sweet Nothing, during the Velvet Underground song in Canada. Yeah. The strip, Super sad. The strip club. Great, yeah, great bit of dialogue there with, uh, I don't know whether to name these kids or bury them. Mm-hmm. fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, really good performances out of, uh, Christmas and, and
1: the rest of that gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: how do you guys feel at the end? Not to jump to the end. What feeling did the movie leave you with when it finished?
2: I uh, hope only because I was so involved with Verona and Bert at that point. And I think the last line of the movie is I fucking hope so when mm-hmm. Bert. Who really doesn't care where they go, I don't think. He's trying to, like, please Verona. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And, you know, when he... They sit down on their porch and look over that, like, beautiful Spanish moss, like, ocean inlet. Mm -hmm. And when he asked her if... He, like, you do you think this is it? She just says I fucking hope so. Mm -hmm. It's really hopeful and kind of realistic.
1: Yeah, especially Mm -hmm. since the, the movie kind of tells you... Gives you an hour and a half of different ways it can go poorly... Yeah. Kind of all those uh, other um, scenarios they kind of run through with all the cities they visit is you're feeling hopeful for them. As, at least I was. yeah uh, The director
0: script story section. Uh, <laughs> what about the storytelling choices? Did you... Uh, I thought of that one of the... If this is just a movie about uh, two people... Trying to figure out where they want to live and and what kind of parents they want to be. I thought framing it as a as a road movie was pretty fun. And it was a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to tell that story somehow, I guess. Mm-hmm. If, you, if your
2: idea is for them to go from like city to city and bounce around.
0: Yeah, and I think that actually lends to making a lot of the performances pretty strong sure. in the movie. Because I think that's common in a lot of road movies where... You know, your main characters go from point A to B to C to D and so on. And uh, everybody at each one of those stops, kind of, they only get a certain amount of screen time. So they, I guess there's not a lot of downtime for any other characters in the movies. And I think that's, that helps make it entertaining, I think.
3: Yeah, and I think it also, it <clears throat> because we are only with each, like, set or scenario or city for, like, 15 minutes tops, something like that, like, it draws the supporting cast into the two extremes of the pro and con of the way way their life is. Mm -hmm. Like, you get the loving, nurturing family out of, you know, the Gyllenhaal scenario, and then, like, the opposite of, like, the incredibly sheltered, like, demon bastard child who, like, gets everything. Yeah. Like, and it has to be those two extremes... So it's. I think it's 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 a clever narrative device because it it makes them even if you don't like those actors, you know Maya Rudolph and John Krasinski, it makes you like have to love them and believe in them because you know we're forced to caricatureize all the other people who they stumble into.
1: Yeah, I think I read uh, after watching it, Roger Ebert's review. Such so good. One of the rare. Not one of the rare critics, but he had a—he was pretty effusive about it. Three yeah. and a half out of four stars, but he he called all those characters uh, grotesque and yeah. defined it just because the exaggerated personalities of all of them.
2: And, and only I just wanted to mention this at some point. So off what you're saying there, my favorite part of Ebert reviews, and they pulled it out for the Wikipedia page too, is uh, he was in response to people accusing like Verona Bird of being like smug, yeah, and condescending to everybody. Uh, his quote was these aren't sins if you have something to be smug about <laughs>
1: that was really accurate yep. and I like the you know it's, it's essentially a collection a pretty smug guy Hebert too yeah. yeah collection of short stories with like a, a through line of these two characters mm-hmm. you know just parenting as a general thing I think the like chapter headings and the short stories is a good way to visualize the um, the paralysis of choice of being a parent of all the different ways you can go and I think it's a pretty clever format to do that yeah, I mean, I
2: think you get, they tie together more than I thought they did the first few times I watched the movie, because mm-hmm. you get, like, parents leaving their kids with Bert's parents, then you get kind of what Chris is saying, those two kind of paired up with me, it's like the, we ignore our kids, we over-nurture our kids, and, you know, Elsa, and Janney and Maggie Gyllenhaal's, you know, mm-hmm. we ignore the kids, and the kids ignore you, and where we all sleep in the same bed. Then I think they kind of realize in Canada, like, oh, it's all about this kid. If we have to take advantage of this, like, gift we have. You know what I mean? Not everybody mm. can have it. And then I think in Miami, it's more like,
1: oh, we matter too. Yeah, like, they're kind of lucky for the kid in Montreal, and they're lucky for each other yeah, in Miami. Right. To put it one way. Mm. Yeah. So, I thought
0: it was done really well. The three-line
2: was really good.
0: That's a interesting. Yeah, I, I can see that taken in Canada. I took Canada as a different sort of lesson. For me, it was... Even if we, even if we have the, you know, kids who are awesome and, um, and we're awesome as parents, and it's a great dynamic, there can still be a lot of heartbreak there, and we can't just run from the heartbreak. Like we've got a that's just gonna that's gonna happen, you know, if it's gonna happen. And I think that to me, Montreal helps her be willing to head back to Florida and take on her. That. The, yeah. the the way
3: yeah because that's like, the start of it yeah yeah i think i think that, that she learns that the way that she deals with loss no matter how ugly is still a reason why bert loves her unconditionally mm-hmm. yeah the way that like the, the Linsky and i forget the guy's name Chris Chris christmas yeah, yeah christmas the way that they're like you know she's like dancing on stage in this really like raw moment and he's like calling her like the most beautiful woman to him still even though they like keep trying and trying,
2: perfect song choice too for that
3: yeah. scene.
1: Something that stood out for me a lot more this time was the uh, the diner scene where they're eating pancakes and the guy has the analogy. It's a good little salute away from Messina. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. And the 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 statement of like it's it's going to take more than you, like, it's going to take everything you ever have and then some, like pretty much forever. I think is a good like. Uh, you know, there's these farcical things like we're not going to be those guys, but I think that grounds their um, grounds their their thoughts about being parents really well.
2: Just your first watch since the baby?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I bet mean, that carries more, more affecting. weight.
1: Yeah, super. Yeah, <laughs> super. <laughs> it's like insanely more profound. Not to be like, uh, you know, you, you don't get it unless you have a kid. No, but, but I mean, it definitely changes the way you watch the movie a different, like this. Yeah, there's a different layer to it having. You know the kind of personal connection. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, did you
0: find the characters compelling and and well developed?
2: I mean, the two were definitely well developed. I think, and I think all the supporting actors were definitely compelling. They were they were foil characters. They're like yeah, like, they, they're,
3: they're, 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 they weren't on their own. Yeah, they right. they weren't they weren't supposed to be developed. Right, they were supposed to be a glimpse into mm-hmm. the future if. They take a right turn instead of a left. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like the example of the Maggie Hall character is like, there's L-N- nothing to that character. It's, it's one so note. So annoying. It's yeah. a caricature. But, yeah. yeah, it's a caricature, but... You to do she that. She plays it to that, and it's really effective that way.
2: And when, to what Chris was saying, when you only spend 20 minutes on screen, you get to be as extreme as you want, right? And it doesn't yeah. wear thin. <laughs> I mean, Alice and is... That's the same. Every bit as yeah, good yeah. as Megan Gyllenhaal. Was but the, like, an hour yeah. with Allison Janey's character Oh is my god, I couldn't take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor.
1: <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. The, the way that morphs
2: into
0: finally just pow, pow, top, tow, top tow, <laughs> tow. The only, yeah, when she says, get up and do your butch walk, <laughs> I was oh, like, man. oh man, the only the only movie mom who might be worse than this is also Alice and Janie, But <laughs> in Tanya. uh, I, Tanya. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> and then poor, uh, Jim Gafka is just like defeated in life. You can tell he's just so tired him of talking. having to listen to that all the time. But yeah, him talking about first the plants go, then the small animals, then the bigger animals. The humans, <laughs> biblical flood in
1: reverse. <laughs> are you done, Lowell? Yep. <laughs> Perfect ending to <of> that.
3: But <laughs> well, yeah, so I, you know, Bert and Verona, very, very well developed. I mean, we, we're, we're watching them grow and learn. Like that is the whole point of the movie is them, like developing throughout. Like they're, they, they are that. They are that smug. Uh, you know, Colorado couple at the beginning of the movie, and then they you know go throughout the next well camping longer than you know a month of you know figuring out and making decisions on how they want to live their lives, and then finally they they end up deciding like hmm, doesn't really matter, we got this. Like,
1: yeah. I think they do a great job of having two different character arcs for those characters were with the whole time, and it's still they they come together. Like, Bert is kind of a space cadet goofball and who really gets, like, grounded with, uh, you know, he finally has a reaction in Madison and kind of uh, is uh, um, really challenged in emotionally in Montreal and then uh, kind of finally has, like, he. It's not just a hopeful, I don't want to keep calling him, like, an idiot and a goofball, but he's kind of a hopeful mascot for a while until, like, uh, you know, Uh, Montreal and then Miami, really really finally, personally thinking for the first time what's going to happen when I have a kid. All the rest is just like boundless, superficial optimism until then. And then Verona has, you know, her own self discovery to be a mother. I think it's uh, done really well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Are there any memorable scenes that stand out? Yes, my number one scene in that movie is the little kid in the hotel. Oh, when his mom realizes he might be a serial killer?
3: <laughs> yes. I love that line. I know that it's not memorable for any important reason for it. But <laughs> babies like breathing and they like hiding it. <laughs> that, that whole thing. Is just, I put
0: a pillow on a baby.
1: <laughs> I'll get her next I'll, time. I'll get her next
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> that to me was, I like stop watching it. I muted it, missed whatever part of the movie was, like looked it up on my phone and watched that scene again. <laughs> and I fucking love how
2: bizarre that is.
1: Gosh.
2: Yeah, they're, they're mini. I mean, only because the settings change so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are little throwaway scenes that are very memorable to me. Bert yelling at her in the car, You fucking cunt! <laughs> and then, like, happily checking your heart rate. Yeah.
1: Cunt sucker! Yeah. <laughs> My I think I think it's got great showcase scenes. And I think it's the movie is like a series of those. Yeah. Which which lends itself to that. But man, the dinner scene with Ellen, I think the strip club scene in Montreal and uh, the trampoline scene, uh, in Miami are some I mean, of if my you favorites.
2: Like, pulled a bunch of people had a big sample size, so those would probably be the top three. My my favorite was always the strip club scene Cassandra was always yeah. a huge fan of the Madison mm-hmm. story. Just because she's yeah. like, I oh, would f- fucking know people that are like that.
1: Yeah. Isn't Because uh, if you're that like, way,
2: you're, you are, that was the fun part of that extreme. <laughs> is like, Alice and Jamie is an extreme and like, we don't really know people that act that way with their kids. Yeah. But if you are anywhere close to the Maggie Gyllenhaal character, you're fucking all the way there. Yeah. You're not like a little bit that way.
1: Maggie Gyllenhaal is basically like, uh, baby blogs personified. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, I've seen some of that shit and some people that proselytize about that. <clears throat> it's, uh, and it was just so fucking funny.
2: And while I love a lot of the acting in that movie, I really do think Maggie Gyllenhaal might take it. There's the one scene where she's why
1: would I want to push my child away from me? <laughs> it was just like, oh, oh God. God. It's so fucking gut-wrenching she, to watch. She's got so many, like, walk-off homers in that scene. Yeah. It's like, you know, being through childbirth, I watch CNN and I understand war. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> she makes them push the the gift he yeah. brings like the fancy stroller and she's like can you make it a, like a little further away from the door it's like from
0: like four feet away to six feet away it's like you asshole I think that is my favorite Krasinski scene in the movie mm-hmm. for him that whole oh. is the Madison, Madison. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. yeah yeah I think he's, he's pretty passive and along for the ride and is a people pleaser <laughs> oh, obviously until that scene where he's finally forced to like have a reaction to something
2: so, yeah, like, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character is super, like, new wave mom. Hates strollers, and he, when he puts the oldest kid, though, in the stroller, is pushing her around. He's great, and all the reactions are great, but the best reaction is just the kid going, Yay!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> this will be the most fun until you discover Oral Pleasure! <laughs> Do uh, you notice any themes in the movie?
2: I think Chris hit on the big one, which I think, It's fun because it's kind of sneaky and not used that often but I think a lot of it is is like parenting and deciding how you want to I mean once you're pregnant that's pretty much the most important decision you'll ever make is how you want to
1: raise a kid you know what I mean and
3: every decision that you make there will be the equal number of people telling you you're making the wrong decision as you're making the right decision absolutely
1: sometimes you know you have to make the you know not have the make the right decision but you at least made the decision I don't know if that makes sense. Sure, you got to make the decision for now. Sometimes, yeah, I think it's a good. You know, it's a great uh, theme of uh, going from like they have a kind of cursory knowledge of what what does it take to be a parent to getting to actual pragmatic details of like these are things that you have to think about. These are the decisions you have to make. Yeah, and they can. I think Come on the other.
0: The, the lesson, I guess, is also that, like, even as as they sort of turn their nose up at certain parenting styles,
1: those families are all happy.
0: Yeah. There's there's still value in a so, lot of the things,
3: like, that all of them are doing.
1: Yeah. Even the most grotesque examples, there. Are, there's a little bit of truth to all of those approaches. I
0: yeah. guess maybe Jim Gaffigan's character isn't happy,
1: but everyone else
0: seems to be happy in all the... The families.
3: Some people revel in misery,
0: mm-hmm. and I, that's the
3: feeling I got out of Jim Gaffigan's character is is he he enjoys taking a step back and looking at his life and laughing at how tragic he acts. Yeah, he plays a lot of golf too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then they like I, I mentioned earlier, when they encounter their sort of ideal family unit, they find that there's there's just as much pain in that one as there would be in the unideal.
1: Right, it's Family. kind of some buried pain. So they only reveal after a while, mm-hmm. rather than stuff being really at the surface, like with Alvin, Janney and Jim Gaffigan. Right?
0: Do you have a? Did you have a winner in the movie? It's hard. Do you have a top three? <laughs> it's. I mean, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to not pick the two leads.
1: Yeah, can we rule out them? Yeah. Because I was like,
2: really impressed with Krasinski in this movie.
1: I don't think
0: Krasinski would make my top three. I thought he was not. I did not think he was bad or anything like that. But I, I think Linsky and Maya Rudolph would both be an easy top two for me. Yeah, she was good.
1: I, I agree. I think kind of like uh, Krasinski does does do a great job, but I think Maya Rudolph blows the doors down off of him. Yeah, that's what I'm, They're my top two. Maya Rudolph I, one, Krasinski too, for sure. I, I
3: actually. I think the the only performance that is outshadowed by her partner, by the husband type, is Catherine O'Hara. I think Jeff Daniels steals all of those scenes. Other than that, I think that this is an incredibly strong ensemble of women outperforming their male co-stars. Mm-hmm. I would
2: agree. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and it makes sense with some of them. I mean,
0: Messina like, comes close. Messina is pretty strong,
2: but but she's she still blows him away. I yeah, think. without saying anything. Yeah. Her, like, her face acting is really good in the... Face! <laughs> One
0: of those good
2: face actors. Face actors.
0: Yeah. But she just looks like she's about to break down when she's doing the little sultry... Yeah. Do uh, so you think they were award-worthy performances? And also, did anyone recognize them as award-worthy back in the day?
1: Mm, no. I think Maya Rudolph got some, like, critics like, groups. Like kind of I that's what plot- I was plots, about. yeah. yeah. I don't think any, there was any supporting things. There's just so many in there. I think it's hard to uh, pick someone out, at least from the external like awards community.
0: Yeah, and they're also so isolated, and they're, they're such short like supporting roles, too. And,
3: and and especially to me when, you know, if you're not going to give the award to Odysseus, you're certainly not going to give it to the Cyclops. Like, mm. I have a hard time yeah. with how like monstrous everyone else is and not... Giving them a little bit of a penalty for for award consideration.
0: Yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, I don't think it, it didn't strike me that the leads I, I thought were very very good, and I could see them getting like like festival nominations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. it didn't strike me as like they got cheated out of an Oscar. Have you ever heard of Sin Euphoria or Sin Euphoria?
1: Mm-mm.
0: It's like an international competition,
2: but they had uh, Alice and Melanie Linsky and Chris Messina all nominated. With Linsky and Messina winning for oh, this wow. supporting.
3: If there was a, I mean, if 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 there were more awards that gave out statues for ensembles, I think this is a, a great cast. It got a lot of casting, yeah,
1: like the casting awards. Oh that. yeah, the casting guild. Yeah, I think I saw that one. Those yeah. were the guild Which, awards. Sure. That uh, would
3: make sense. Yeah. Update, TJ. It's raining. Got it. <laughs> Definitely now. <laughs> you looked at that side and I saw you like, immediately go, okay, okay, okay.
1: My differentiation a lot with uh, uh, Maya Rudolph and John Krasinski is I don't think John Krasinski gets a scene that's as effective as the uh, the night after the trampoline talking about the orange trees. I really like that. It's really great She's episode. on the swing. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. Again, like a series of really great soliloquies, just well-written dialogue. Informing character.
2: Um, and just before we get too far away from it, she did get uh, nominated in lots of state critic awards for mm-hmm. best actress and also uh, best choice summer movie romance at the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so surprising. I think it's like an AARP movie nomination yeah. for best movie for grown ups. <laughs> <laughs> it award? was Movies
0: for Grown ups Award, best comedy. Hmm. <laughs> Poor, oh. Uh, well, let's say there. I don't think there'll be a ton to talk about here. Technical achievements. Um, not a lot of visual effects in this movie, but um, I did notice. Uh, I thought the, uh, I thought the cinematography when they're out kind of on the road was pretty good. Um, mm. There's the scene I thought it was beautiful. Scene when they are Stopped out on the road, yeah. And he uh, kisses her, the Casey Kasem bit, and it's sort of yeah, the Casey Kasem bit. And yeah. then you see like the fields and like a mountain off in the distance, and it's just very beautiful. And uh, there's a
3: movie we talked about recently where it's like where we talk about how it's impossible to not shoot it really well when in that particular scene, it's like the kid the, kid,
0: the kid who goes off and oh, I was yeah. Yeah, it was Boogeyman. I was thinking like, of uh, Into the Wild. Oh.
3: <laughs> well, even, even that still like when you are filming in the like Colorado, like like right. frontier, like at the base of the Rockies, it's like well, obviously this is going to be a beautiful shot, and
2: that's what I think Sam Mendes did really well in this, which was fun, is that since he's going to all these different like places and geographical locations, he again like used extremes there, like yeah. he did a really good job of filming Arizona, making it look like it was one hundred and twenty degrees, yeah, and making you know. Colorado look like they were essentially living in the
0: Rockies, and and what I really liked about that one shot that uh, of them with with the mountains behind them is they're like sort of off to the side in the frame, mm-hmm. and it just makes them kind of seem small, like alone, mm-hmm. which is the theme of the movie going forward. I guess is them against you know them trying to figure things out together mm-hmm. in a in a world of uncertainty, and uh, I really liked that. That specific shot. The rest of... I didn't notice any other particular shots like that that stood out to me, but I I really liked that one. Um,
1: I think Sam Mendes and the cinematography just really elevate what could have been kind of a indie dramedy into, you know, finding the, like, I think you touched on it really well, the very beauty of, in the extremes in parenting, extremes in the world, too.
2: Well, I mean, he was a... yeah. He's not... I don't know. I I tend to always think of Sam Mendes as like a... Like, the little director who did well, but like by this point he was a fucking pro. I mean, he'd done American Beauty, he'd done Road to Perdition. Like, both
0: really well shot movies. Revolutionary Road. Revolutionary Road had already been done. I think it's some Drag people... Drag me to hell. Some people's... <laughs> different Sam? Yeah. Different Sam. Uh, some people saw this as his sort of uh, penance for Revolutionary... For the, the heavy sadness of Revolutionary Road. Um, I've seen all of Sam Mendes except for Spectre. I bet most of y'all have seen Oh god! All god! He did a James Bond movie. He did Skyfall too. Oh yeah. Also a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the the score um, and the soundtrack? There's no score. The score is just like I mean, sorry, that one guy playing his.
2: It's Alexei Murdoch. Yeah, I, I love that album. I listen to it pretty regularly. I mean, it's it's sad and happy, but
0: yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of his music in the movie. But I loved I loved when they broke off of him and went to uh,
1: the Lou Reed and yeah. Some, some Yeah, some yeah. choice cuts. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> like wholeheartedly disagree. I think
2: Alexi Murdoch stuff is really, really well done in the
1: movie. It's hard to out of context, I feel like there is a trope of this kind of music for this kind of movie. I think it's done really well here, but there can be a little bit of musical paint by numbers for the kind of feeling you're trying to get with these kind of songs. I think this this one does it pretty well. But uh, it made me think of other in indie movies where that's playing and they're looking out on the road. and. I think it only
2: overshadows it. once, kind of, in the way we go. And it's in that scene you were just talking about. Update. It's raining. It's for real raining.
3: I think this is why Florence told us to go to Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> go to Carolinas! Sorry, I've been spacing out. I, fr- I was thinking about the opposite of what a score is and it's diegetic I always forget the word diegetic oh right yeah. and when music is incorporated into elements of the scenery
2: um because I don't think he did write a score right it's just like songs it's just right. yeah. Yeah. songs. yeah um which is interesting because I think Sam Mendes has worked with the same uh score guy for same composer score guy <laughs> same composer in the rest of his movies I think Thomas Newman yeah who's the only one he's done without him
0: on to our more interesting question Um, the rest of this has been dog shit (laughs) that's right Uh, is this anybody's uh, number one movie or close to it I mean it's definitely Krasinski's number one movie for me and
2: definitely My Rudolph's number one movie for me I think Bridesmaids My Rudolph
3: is better
1: yeah
3: but it's it's, it is is, that is an apples-oranges comparison and I know that what we do here is talk about fruit but like free fruit uh,
1: she drives this more than she drives. Bridesmaids would be my only thought. I think that's a that's a good thought. I hadn't thought about that. There's a great ensemble in Bridesmaids, but yeah. I don't think of her when I'm thinking of that movie. As far as like you know, who owned the movie kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know who I don't know which of those I would pick.
3: You're not, but you're not trying. the The question to me isn't asking what is the best. Maya Rudolph role where she is in charge of
2: all of the main acting in the role. That's sure. Yeah. My, my only point would be I don't think she's great in Bridesmaids because I always forget she's in it. Mm. And I don't know why I always forget she's in it and maybe because she's overshadowed by William McCarthy. But Bridesmaids is also a really fucking good movie. I've seen it once. love to revisit it.
3: I've seen that movie
2: dozens of times. Nice.
1: Is there any of the smaller characters that you think is probably the best they've ever done?
2: Maybe Gaffigan. I mean I don't even know what he yeah. you know what I
3: mean? He plays that guy in every movie. And not that he's bad in in, in this role in this one.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Without a lot to compare it to, I'd say Chris Messina. I should really love him in this movie. And but pro-
0: probably her too.
1: Linsky? Yeah. Yeah. She's
0: yeah. I, I, she's so good. Yeah. She's my first instinct, but at the same time she's she's so good in so much. Like I feel like she's in a lot of movies where she's she can deliver a great performance even in the even if the movie's not that great
1: you're yeah, like uh, don't feel the world don't feel at home in this world anymore not a great movie, but I really love her performance in mm-hmm. it.
2: both of them were really good in that movie it was yeah. actually really fun mm-hmm.
1: yeah I
0: don't, what what about Sam Mendes? Where would this stand for Sam Mendes? this might I be my to, favorite Sam Mendes movie I need to look up what Sam Mendes, but well n- not counting James I mean. How do I compare this Game to two. Skyfall?
1: Well, I mean, that's part of this.
0: Yeah. It's just, to I mean, me, Skyfall, it, it's the... Uh, it's a number two for me for S- Sam Mendes. Skyfall but. is the Benjamin Button of Mendez's career for like me. Like, it doesn't fit the rest. It doesn't fit the rest. Um,
1: Skyfall is so good partly because of Sam Mendes, I think. I think How, I, he, how he shoots it and puts it together. I do like that oh. movie
2: more. Yeah, I mean, are you
0: forgetting American Beauty or are you just not like it that much? I don't know if you remember. I rewatched American Beauty recently, and I I liked it okay. But um, I think this. I think, um, it lost a little bit of its like, yeah, great greatness luster for me. So now, I'm not forgetting it, I think I like this more. It's.
1: This makes me just, want to watch some stuff again, like American Beauty, and I remember. Really loving Road to Perdition. I think Road to Perdition is a fun I would auto populate that ahead of this one, having not seen it since it came out.
3: Yeah. Also, beautiful movie. Jarhead is a great movie. Uh, uh, Simon makes,
2: makes good films, man. Yeah. They're all good. Revolutionary Road was great. It's fucking gut wrenching. I, I think that
3: Revolutionary Road is the only one on here
2: that I haven't seen that I have zero desire to see. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It's one of those movies. It's I, like, do you want to feel like shit for a few hours?
3: I started that movie six or seven different times and just, like, bailed out. Um, Sorry, I'm not trying to delay this anymore. Away we go. I saw there was a writer to this movie, that Dave Eggers.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it was written by, like, uh, novelist partners. Yeah. By, <coughs>
1: is that right? Yeah, he's a, Dave Eggers is a, you know, if anyone doesn't know him, he's like a Kind of an indie publisher, Wonderkind guy. Okay. Like, I feel like in, in college, a lot of people were pushed on Dave Eggers. Like,
3: Heartbreaking work of Staggering Genius. That's
1: a, I love that book. It's a great book. He's well known for these kind of, like, off-kilter biographies, nonfiction stuff, and, uh, you know, he's kind of a his own... He's his own thing.
3: Well, then, I think that it's telling that he and his wife are credited <laughs> as the writers of this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, was this movie financially successful? And I just looked this up, and the answer is no, no, no. It was a budget of seventeen million, and it took in about fifteen.
1: Looks really good for seventeen, though.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, why do you think? Uh, why do you think it didn't quite connect at the time? This is gonna sound super condescending and smug, just like this
2: movie. But it's just it's above. It's for it's above most people. And I think
3: on top of that, I think there was a, a at the time, if I'm remembering correctly, which I probably not, because I'm bad at dates in time, uh, I think there was there was a heavy saturation of movies like this at the time. Yes. And that, it was, that it's hard to stand ahead head above when this is the 12th you could see yeah. that is, month. This is like, about
1: five years after Garden State. Yeah, Garden State, Little Miss Sunshine, Juno, a bunch of those, like, you know, indie movies that go They all have the same trailer. Stratospheric. With like a kind of fun indie soundtrack, with mm-hmm. like these offbeat characters, I think uh, I think people missed out. I think yeah. this one is is better than that. I think I think people uh, would. Obviously. I think
3: if they with with my point, it's married to TJs in that I think that people would mischaracterize this movie as another one of those and saying that that is a genre of movies like cor-
0: quirky for the sake of quirky.
3: Right. The same way that like when people say like you know indie music is a genre, it's like no, that is a record distribution. Set up. Yeah. Like, yeah. If this, is, if this is a quirky indie comedy, it just means it's a quirky comedy. Like, leave the was, word indie out of it. I was it.
2: not excited to watch it. For that reason. Yeah. When I first sat down to um One more thing while we're on the budget. I've never read anything about this, but it's a special feature on my DVD. I don't know if you ever watched it or not. But uh, it was the first ever carbon neutral movie. So a lot of money was spent on that, that mm. aspect. Green filmmaking mm-hmm. techniques. Good for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a huge... I mean, if you can. I don't, but i it's not hurting anything. Yeah.
3: You're only hoping. If, if you're making a $12 million movie and you can instead make a $17 million movie and have a zero carbon footprint, like, why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think that uh, it probably didn't get a lot of studio push after. I think Revolutionary Road was kind of a, a, a dud to an extent. I think people showed up and saw that movie and were expecting another. Leo Kate romance wasn't this before that?
1: It's after. It's a year after. Really close after that though. And so,
0: yeah, I think I think maybe maybe it didn't get a lot of uh, wasn't maybe in as many theaters for that reason because maybe Mendes himself wasn't as bankable as they as he once was. Like if if this had come out after American Beauty, I bet a lot more people
1: see it. And plus, in hindsight, these there's like a crazy assemblage of stars. But at the time, it's like Jim from the Office having a serious beard and glasses, and Maya Rudolph from SNL being serious. You was know? this or more serious than like her Beyonce? Was this impersonation, af- yeah. you know? was, was this after his movie with Mandy Moore? It's probably around the same time. I think it was '08 or so. Yeah,
0: I had the same hunch, and, and I, if if it was right after that, then I could see that also maybe turning some audiences off, like thinking. We've already been down this road with Halpert. He's He only works with Pam. you he know. Had, he had a rough <laughs>
1: run of people giving him a shot in movies. Leatherheads. He was right before this. Too. Yeah. Yuck. Lessons to
2: Web was at 7. Yep. 7, there
0: you. Yeah. Is that one? Because I remember when this came out, and I sort of lumped it in that same category, because I I, uh, I, just assumed it was just another attempt at a, a fun, quirky, romantic comedy. He's was in Jarhead. I don't remember him in Jarhead. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays the scout, doesn't he?
3: No. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, do you think this? Uh, do you think Away We Go is uh, important? To, I mean, I, it's hard to say historically, but do you think it has influenced movies in any way after it? I mean, maybe some
2: of the thing I was talking about, just now the carbon shit, but not um, in actual filmmaking. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't that original. It is. Beloved by me, due to <laughs> its execution.
0: Yeah, and it's also not that old. So if it if it if it impacts a generation of filmmakers, we probably haven't seen them yet. True. This would be by far the newest.
1: Yeah. Film if someone's talk like fame, fifteen ran. and saw this movie like in on Netflix or in Blockbuster a couple of years ago. They probably haven't really made their big right. push yet for their movie.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would necessarily like be a at least a very common movie that filmmakers eventually cite as a major influence, but... (laughs) It feels like Mindy Kaling's character in uh, Mindy Project, this is
3: probably one of her top three favorite movies.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Just hopelessly... I can see that. It's hopelessly sweet. Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that. Um... But right now, I think it's probably kind of a cult favorite of a lot of people. I don't know if that's entirely appropriate. I just said it. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a... <laughs> I think it's kind of an undiscovered, I just threw it out there. <laughs> like, so There's some that are obviously influential, and I think this is more of an undiscovered gem. But I think uh, if you haven't seen this and you're listening to this, again, why? <laughs> Thank you, Bud. <laughs> Thank you, it's very flattering. <laughs> really, but love I hope us. you I hope you go see it.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, is it one of the best movies in its genre? Yeah,
1: we got We have to again, have the genre. What genre is it?
2: I mean, it's a top ten romantic comedy for me. So well,
0: that's very high. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I know again, I don't expect people to agree.
0: You imagine you're the biggest fan of the movie here? Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah.
2: I mean, I think it's yeah, yeah. It's top five this century. I well, really doubt it's anybody else's top five. Mm-hmm. The past 18 years.
1: Yeah.
3: It's, I think it's probably one of, one of the best movies I've watched this year.
0: Hmm. Um, I would... The last one is also kind of irrelevant to this conversation. It's, has it aged well? I mean, it hasn't really aged. Nine years old. Yeah, it's...
1: I think it's aged well in the fact that I think if it came out this year, I think it would be... It, would do, it wouldn't would need
2: too much adaptation. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't need too much adaptation. I think it would do so much bigger numbers. I think it would be really relevant, mm-hmm. um, especially the more that, like, parenting uh, obsessions about, like, you know, the... I don't want to say cottage industry, but actual billion-dollar industry for it, telling people how to raise kids is just got more insane in the past nine years. Mm-hmm. True.
3: And this is also yeah. This this is also pretty uh, not eternal, but <gasps> <clears throat> the point of what would be today uh, young millennials with wanderlust looking for a place to lay their roots because they don't have. Like the concept of family has changed and the idea of, you know, steady employment straight out of high school, keeping you grounded in your hometown for the first 50 years of your life, as opposed to, you know, now where it's like the first like 18 to 20. So like that, that, that to me is what I feel would be relatable today. And a, uh, a very, I don't know the word, uh, effective, like I don't know. It would, it would still emanate with audiences today if it were released, which helps give it a sense of timelessness so far.
1: Yeah. I think it's super perceptive. But The Untethered Millennials is even more prolific and more well understood now than it was nine years ago. It's kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. But these two 30-year-olds, not really knowing what they want to do with their lives.
3: The reason for them leaving being their, like, his like the like it's it's comedic his parents is all of a sudden wanting to move to Antwerp but like the idea that like you don't have parents around anymore because people are having kids later in life like this is this is very much this is a very relatable story too where all of us are in this room in our lives and where most young people are in the age that they're like getting steady careers and settling down having kids buying a house it's not 21 anymore It's Mm -hmm. 31,
1: 32, 35. Yep. Well said. Prescient. The movie.
0: Well, it is time to vote. Do we forget a question? Wait. Is this
1: The Great
3: Wolf? Is this last year? Get a new question. Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. What is this?
1: What's it going to be? Is this the Meg? (laughs) What's the example?
3: I don't know. TJ and I haven't. haven't forced a, the forced, a, forced a horror on each other
2: yet this year, so... What's one of the worst I've seen this year? Is this Chips? Is this <laughs> Chips? That was is also sadly much? last year. <laughs> is, is this
3: Beowulf? <laughs> is this Beowulf? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> is this the Happy Tom Murders? <laughs> Maya, Rudolph, Maya Rudolph is a real Grendel's mom. <laughs> is this... This movie did lack... The Cloverfield Paradox? It did lack in puppet
2: jizz.
0: <laughs> notably low on that. We're so, we're so, um, How would this fit into this the Is this game F- over, man? How would this fit into the Cloverfield <laughs> universe? Poorly.
3: Did you add a movie while we were sitting here? No, earlier. Oh. I, I thought it updated. I want to see what my lowest rated one is for the year. Because I want to play this game, too. <laughs>
2: Got Game Over Man, Fahrenheit 451, and the Cleverfield Paradox are my bottom three.
3: Is this Fifty Shades Freed? <laughs> is this the Titan?
2: Oh, <laughs> it a... Fifty Shades Freed. No, no.
3: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think moving
2: on. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hard yes. Obviously, I don't think that's very. I don't think I did a job keeping my feelings bottled up during this podcast.
3: How Krasinski of you? How Bert
0: <laughs> Arlander? Just look where LR are and do the weird face. I'll go next <laughs> and uh, and happily throw this to uh, to the other two to decide. Uh, I'm a no. It, I like the movie. I I think for me to get to yes, I would probably need to spend more time with it, maybe over the years and let it grow on me more. Hmm. Um, but that's right. Cause you're the reason for the five year
3: uh, five year term limit or the, the induction limit. <laughs> New new movies can't be as good as older movies. I hear you. It's hard to feel
1: influenced about a movie that came out this year. I'll go next, just for suspense. I'm a yes. Again, that's something I said earlier. I think this is... I think it's a really ingenious structure, and I think it nails the comedy, nails the drama, nails the romance, and it's more than the sum of its parts. Um, I really enjoy it, and it has a whole other layer... Uh, having a kid I, was gonna it's, say, even, I feel like... it's even smarter and even funnier and even more sad than it was when I watched it before have you, let,
3: have you let enough time pass before you
1: made that opinion though since I had a kid? yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a yes he's a yes just to put it on Chris now
3: I'm also a yes uh, <laughs> I also want to recognize is
2: this the first movie you've gotten in? Penalties. On a vote? No, Beetlejuice won't be. Yeah. That's David. Yeah.
3: yeah. But that's not the reason why I'm a yes, and it's not because <laughs> I'm taking, like, cheap shots at Brent. Um. Okay. <laughs> it was the point where you started typing on the computer recording and turned your back to us. That I didn't know what was <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, I am yes, I think this is, this is a, a really cute story, and um, <clears throat> it's... Kind of remarkable in its uh, in in just how infectious it is. Mm. Um, it's it's just a it is a a very funny movie without getting prurient and vulgar. Um, you know the, mm-hmm. the 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 swears and the near nudity are all used incredibly well without being you know for for idiots. Yeah. Um, I think that's. Something that suffered on its release was that it it doesn't it doesn't play to its basest urges. Um, but all that aside, it is at the core just a really cute, fantastic love story between two people who, rather than experiencing the flaws themselves and learning and growing that way, they're kind of watching these tableaus and making the decisions that way. Yeah, that's a and, fun idea. Yeah, Have you guys I, ever seen I really the, like it.
1: You ever seen the ba- the Baxter? I have to see the Baxter.
3: It is a rough movie to watch.
1: You know the concept of it? There's like the couple that should be together and there's the Baxter, the guy who uh, almost gets with them. It's almost like they, they're in love the entire time and the world at large is their Baxter.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's kinda unique in that yeah. respect.
0: Look well, cool. I dig it. The odds have it. Welcome away we go. <laughs>
2: Uh, we got homework. Breezy.
0: Okay, it's way... Yeah. Always. So, yeah, I'm, uh, trying to tie this in with, uh, something that's coming out. Maybe movies that are happening around us, uh... And whatnot, and, uh... I forgot to see where it was. What it was on. But, um... With the release around the corner of The Predator, which is directed by Shane Black. Oh, who's talking about the movie. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: no! The Predator's been released.
3: <laughs> Someone knocked on your door like, right. head to the Carolinas! Hi, well, law requires me to tell you yeah. that <laughs> I have released The Predator. <laughs> Megan's law really takes a strange turn
0: if you talk about The Actual Predator. He comes and lets you know. Yeah. I'll be hunting you in the jungle. Just want to let you know. I've moved into
3: the neighborhood. I'm in those trees. I can see heat.
0: <laughs> uh, we're going to watch a movie that I think, uh, I think a f- two of y'all have seen before, but it's uh, Shane Black's directorial debut, 2005 movie, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. It's on HBO. And uh, I don't know. I've, I've been entertained by the other Shane Black movies I've seen. Um. He wrote Lethal Weapon when he was like 23 years old or something. And uh, he uh, directed The Other Guys, which is a movie I really liked from... Wait, The Other Guys or The... What's the movie called?
1: The Other Guys is uh, Adam McKay.
0: Okay. yeah. Then it's the other one that I get mixed up. It's uh, Russell Crowe and... Uh, the Good Guys. Oh, uh, The, uh, the guys. Nice Guys. The Nice, nice guys. guys. It's a really fun movie mm. from a few years ago. Um, so, uh... I don't know. We'll we'll figure out a topic or or whatnot later.
1: Who but, else has seen it?
0: I think Chris. Chris, I've seen
1: it too. I'm excited to see it again. I, I think was, it's a delay. I, I saw it
3: during cool. like like dorm haze. I think like my sophomore year of undergrad. It's on right. HBO Go. Cool. How do we end this podcast?
1: With me saying words, uh, cartoon jizz, <laughs> <laughs> cartoon <laughs> Muppet jizz, <laughs> Muppet jizz. Uh, and twins <laughs> and twins <laughs> alright
0: we've uh, we have to we have to wait to end the podcast until we devolve and we devolved quickly there so <laughs> yeah. that's good uh, this has been Talky Talk podcast for the Media by Us please check out our website where we occasionally write things and we occasionally post podcasts it's uh, themediabyus.com you can engage with us on Facebook at Games by Us TV by Us Movies by us. Also uh, send us uh, an email at the media by us at gmail.com Also tweet tweet with us at the media by us. Please subscribe. Please rate our podcast. And last but not least thank you to the Willow Walkers. Thank Woo- you. Your intro music is a gift. It was literally a gift. And thank you Boo Reefa. <laughs> Your outro music was one at auction. <laughs> Kicking <laughs> one down,
1: down old nut, dusty see, roads.
0: Take it down. Yes. <laughs> Small town slow
1: pokes. And that's it. Thanks. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.